Regions believes that being a bank means serving the community. Regions is shining the light on local food banks as they feed our neighbors in need. See how you can help at regions.com slash food bank. The Regions branches are open by drive through or lobby appointment only. Bank safely and securely from almost anywhere with Regions Online banking or mobile banking. Data rates may apply. Regions Bank. Member FDIC. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. We never forget that it's your money. And ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating. This is the Duly Noted Podcast. Everything Florida Gators with your host, Pat Dooley. Okay, welcome into another edition of the Duly Noted Podcast. Appreciate everybody for clicking on. And listening here, um, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. And our special guest today, Steve Spurrier. You may have heard of him, maybe not. If you haven't, why are you listening to this podcast? All right, so college football this weekend, I had way too much fun. In fact, my daughter, after the FSU loss, came in and was mad at me because I was too happy. She said, um... Dad, you shouldn't be so excited about a a young man uh, not getting the job done and and talking about James Blackman, the quarterback. And I'm like, I have nothing against James Blackman. I'm sure he's a fine individual. It's personal. (laughs) You know, you you guys know me. I, I was rooting hard for Georgia Tech. And the fact that I had to root for him for five and a half hours from the time the game was supposed to start to when it ended... It, it was all day. It was an all-day sucker. So uh, we had that. We had all the foibles of the Big 12. We had um, a couple other games that were good. And th- that's the thing. Again, college football never ceases to amaze me in that you sit there and you look at the schedule for that day. And I'm going to talk about this Saturday's schedule as well. But you look at the c- schedule for that day and you go, I don't think there's a good game on here. But there always is. You just don't know it. That Iowa State-Louisiana uh, game was great to watch. I mean, it was an entertaining game to watch. Kansas State-Arkansas State, entertaining game to watch. To watch Coastal Carolina just go up and down the field against Kansas, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the end of the FSU. The FSU-Georgia Tech game was not particularly well played. Nobody could kick a field goal for Georgia Tech until – They won the game on a field goal. That's got to be the first time it's ever happened in the history of college football where a team gets two field goals and an extra point blocked and wins the game on a made field goal at the end. But but it was great to have it there. That was my point. It was rainy out. I really didn't have any chores to do. My wife would probably disagree. So my goal was just to sit and watch football every day. I mean, all day. Because we're not going to travel as much as we normally would, not going to beat as as many games. We still don't know the entire schedule in terms of travel. I know we're not going to the Ole Miss game. Um, And it makes no sense to go. But it's going to be – I don't want to say dangerous. I mean, I was very good about – I had a couple of beers and that was it, watching the games. But, it, you know, you don't want to just sit there for seven or eight hours watching football. Um, 
I don't know how you, how some of you guys do it. You sit and watch football day, but I think most of you aren't doing that. Most of you are saying, "Hey, there's a big game I want to watch. I may watch a little bit here on the on the left and the right of it, but I'm not going to just sit and watch football for 12 hours." Well, I did. Sorry, and I and I probably need to make sure. Like this weekend, I can't imagine that happening again. There's just not enough good games, even though. Um, you know, like I said, you never know if a game's going to be good or not. But last week it was because it was the start of the season, in in a way. Look, the season technically started with the first game. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like it started, and it really starts in two weeks when the SEC starts playing. But it kind of started Saturday. That to me was the start of the season, even though there was no S- there were no SEC games, and there won't be this week. This week is is what it is, and then next week it gets a lot more interesting. But I enjoyed it. I'm sorry, I'm a college football addict. I can't help it. I it's it's my drug. I I sit there and I could watch games. I had two TVs going, flipping one of them back and forth, and then on Sunday I'm like, all right, you can't do that again. I know the NFL is just starting, and what did I do? I watched football all day, and then the Bucks game was on. Uh, um, I'm sorry, the uh, yeah, Bucks and the uh, Saints were on the Brady game, and I'm like, but I had to go do something with Kelsey. She had me wanted me to watch something else in another room, so I taped it, came back, watched it, then watched the Monday night game. So I got, did I have too much football? In my opinion, you can never have too much football. For a normal person, was it too much? Absolutely. If you were married to me, would you be happy? No. And you shouldn't be. But I think my wife has learned what it is and what it can't be. It can't be this every Saturday. You know, the good thing is in three Saturdays or whatever, I'll be covering the Florida game at home. But next Saturday will be a weird deal, a weird deal to have the Gators playing a game and me not be at it. That's going to be strange for me. And we'll talk more about the game. We'll, next week we'll have a guest on to, to talk about Ole Miss and, and um, what, they, what they look like. I, I, again, I think it's a dangerous game, but I think they're all dangerous. You're playing nothing but SEC games. Um, but you really, to me, can – this is the – time this is the week where you start the countdown to me all the well there's 48 days till the college football season starts. i don't care i don't care there's 29 days no when you get a week out from game week that's when you start the countdown so we have what five days until game week starts and once game week starts it's game week and there's no reason for any countdowns okay Game week is game week. Starts on a Sunday. In fact, it starts as soon as Sunday NFL finishes. Then you go, okay, now it's game week. Sunday night sometime, you may be asleep. You wake up Monday morning and you go, man, it is game week. You can feel it. It has a different feel. Even here in Rainsville, where apparently we're going to have the worst September in the history of man for rain. It's unbelievable. But you, you'll still feel like 
We're in game week. And it's glorious. If we can just get through it and keep things going in the right direction. There were some bad signs this week and some good signs. And we'll talk about that and more. We'll talk about the Big Ten, also known as the Big Win, and uh, the Big 12, and a lot more. we got a lot of stuff to talk about here. Uh, as I said, Coach Spurrier will join us a little bit here on the uh, Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates, saving members more than a million dollars this year in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. Proud partner of the Florida Gators. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Bring game day tailgates home this season after a stop at ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Stock up your huddle with beer, hard seltzers, your favorite wine, or something sparkling. ABC is Florida family-owned and has been getting Gator fans ready for kickoff since 1936. Head inside one of their 125 stores around the state or try their curbside service by ordering online at abcfws.com. ABC Access Loyalty members can save $10 on wine, 10% on beer and hard seltzers, and earn points toward $5 coupons. ABC, always be celebrating. Okay, welcome back. And and that's the thing. We waited, we've waited through the summer, and the summer's been weird for a million reasons, but one of the reasons for me it's been weird is it felt like March lasted forever, and then April kind of flew by, and then we got to June, and it was kind of like we were all kind of iffy, and we didn't know what was going on. July was scary because there were a lot of cases, and it just felt like we weren't going to play football, and then August came, and we felt like, okay, can we get this through, and then August kind of flew by, to me anyway. Now we're in September, and we're deep into September. Um, you know, we're halfway through September. So we're kind of um, feeling our oats, and we watched college football game, and we watched the NFL play with no problems. It hasn't been ideal. It hasn't been perfect. It hasn't been something that necessarily um, – I, the, the, that I would I would expect anybody else to do what I did, which is watch a hundred games this weekend. The lack of crowd is certainly a factor. It, it does affect the way you enjoy the game, but in the end, it was just football. They're just playing football. There were games that uh, were played, uh, especially in the NFL, where they um, had crowd noise piped in, but it was always mistimed. Every one was mistimed. It was like. Something would happen, guy would run for five yards, get the first down, there'd be no crowd noise. Then everybody's going back to the huddle, and all of a sudden you hear the crowd get loud. It's almost like the guy was up there sleeping. He went, oh, shoot, I got, I got to press that. And then all of a sudden you go, hey, there may be a fight somewhere. What's going on? What, why, are, why is the crowd getting loud? I'm not saying we're ever going to get used to what we're dealing with in terms of lack of crowd, lack of fans. 
I don't know that we ever will get used to it. What we hope for is that if one day we look back on it and go, remember those days? That wasn't as much fun as it is now. And again, I, I don't know that we're ever going to get to capacity again. College football uh, attendance was dropping anyway, uh, slightly, but it may even drop uh, in a, by a larger amount when, when we do get back to some semblance of normalcy, which might be two years from now. Um, so we'll see. Uh, it was... Uh, Interesting what I had in my column today in the Gainesville Sun. And again, this is if you're listening to the show Tuesday. That there'll be 2,000 students allowed into the games, but you only get to go once. So you, you win the lottery, you go. You win the next lottery, you go. You win the next lottery, you go. There may not be 4,000, or what, what would that be? 5,000, 10,000. 10,000 students that want to go, so you may be able to go to a game twice. We'll have to see on that. But just know this. If you're planning on going to the games, they're going to have chairbacks for you. you. You may have seen Greg Byrne tweet this out earlier this uh, over the weekend saying this is what our plan is because everybody was reacting to the FSU situation, which was ridiculous. There was no enforcement of any masks or anything. You could sit wherever you want. You could sit in a person, actually literally within that person, and breathe in their face the whole time, and nobody was going to say a word. And that was that was a um, it was embarrassing, but it was all well, not as embarrassing as a football team. But you know, it's disappointing when you see something like that. You're like, come on, guys, We're, this isn't over. We're not done with this. What Florida? I can tell you that if you do, if you act like they acted at Florida State. There's going to, they're going to find, they're going to know about it because Big Brother is going to be watching you on this. They're going to take pictures of you. They're going to have a, a eye in the sky that is going to check you out. And if you do that, you won't be asked back for the next game. Or, you know, you may lose your season ticket privileges for the whole year. I don't think it's that hard. I just don't think it's that hard to sit and watch a game. It's, it, look, I know. We all want to sit up, stand up, and cheer like crazy for the Gators when they do something good. I get that. Not in the press box, but down in the stands. I know you all want to do that. But it is just this year. Just deal with it for a year, okay? If you want to go, you're committing to wearing your mask, except when you take a sip of a drink or a bite of a hot dog. You're committing to it. And you're you're going to... Socially distance. You're all going to have. Now, I've been told that if you have a, everybody's going to have chairbacks. They're going to be assigned seats. And I've been told that if you want to sit in the seat, to you, the chairback's uncomfortable, and you decide you want to sit on the bleacher next to it, they're not going to have a problem with that. They're going to have a problem if you go over there where there are eight people and sit with them. That's going to be a problem. And Florida's going to take this seriously. They didn't take it seriously at Florida State. Their AD came out and said they was disappointed. They have three weeks until their next game, home game, and uh, they'll they'll try to solve that problem. I'm not blaming Florida State University. I'm blaming the students who just don't seem to get it. And then you saw the pictures of big parties and 
What are you going to do? And this is happening at Florida. Look, Florida has suspended baseball and lacrosse from practice. And I had heard that there were a lot of positives in baseball. Now, whether this means they got it because they went home or because they refused not to uh, discipline themselves. Um, we also know soccer got postponed. Their game got postponed because of four positive tests. People just have to understand. It's up to you whether you play or not. This isn't the Big Ten. This is up to you. If you want to play, do the right thing. Do what you're supposed to do. Otherwise, you won't. You won't play. And, and uh, really disappointed in baseball. You know, I know, I know that these guys. It's really hard for them because they had this 16 and one season going way back in March, and then all of a sudden, nothing. They got nothing. The guys who uh, maybe thought they were going to be in the pros aren't in the pros. And now, you know, they try to get back and start start working out, and clearly people are still going out and doing things. And, okay, that's a choice you make too. We all have freedom of choice. You want to go out, you want to go to bars, you want to try to pick up girls, you want to talk to people without a mask on, that's your choice. You may not have baseball season again. Just think about it. Anyway, it is what it is. As I've said many times, I'm so sick of uh, talking about it. And I know a lot of people are sick of me talking about it. But this is the way it is, peeps. We want to have this 10-game college football season in the SEC. More than anything, I am excited about it. I am beyond excited about it. The fact that we're going to have games every week starting next week where there's going to be interesting. Next week, not only do we have all these SEC games, but Miami FSU is next week. Okay, FSU sucks. There's no doubt they suck again. But I still want to watch that game. Primetime game. Could be a chilly game. By the way, I mentioned in my, uh, was it my column? I think so. My $50 chili, which I've had a lot of people, again, respond and want to know what is in my $50 chili. It's not a recipe that I can write down for you. It is simply this. Every kind of meat you can think about you put in there. you got to have some steak cut up in there. you got to have some chicken cut up. Sometimes I put shrimp in it, sausage, spicy sausage, and, of course, ground beef. And then the piece de resistance you, instead of cashews, I mean, I'm sorry, instead of beans, you put cashews in. Cashews chew up just like beans, but they taste way better. It adds a little salt to it. I'm telling you, once you have it, you'll never go back. That's a $50 chili. So, we got all that going on. Maybe there was too much football for me. I'm not going to probably watch as much. I'm curious whether you will get a cutout. Florida announced yesterday or today that they're going to offer cutouts, which we've seen in all these major league stadiums, for $99. You get your picture. There's a cutout. It'll be like where the TV will be kind of showing fans. Um, I don't know. $99 is a little high for me for that. If I did get one, I'd probably get one of my daughters together, if I could work that out. Or maybe my dog. 
I don't want to picture me because me will be in the press box. Uh, planning on going to the opening game. Planning on going to the South Carolina game in a couple of weeks. So, um, all right, we will take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to the HBC, the head ball coach, uh, Steve Spurrier, and get his reflections on this weekend. Um, always great talking to to the head ball coach. Uh, so, but right now, we'll take a break. You're listening to the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. We never forget that it's your money. And ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating. All right, welcome back to the Duly Noted Podcast. It's a great pleasure to be joined by the Heisman Trophy winner and the winningest coach in Florida football history. That's not a bad way to be introduced, Coach. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, it sounds good, I guess. <laughs> Obviously, um, you got to watch a little football this weekend. I'm wondering what you thought watching some of those games, and obviously um, you saw a lot of mistakes being made. Well, probably the biggest thing people were talking about is the, the Big 12 Conference. Seems like it's Oklahoma and uh, the Little 11 or something. I don't know. <laughs> Oklahoma is the cream of the teams out there. But maybe Texas uh, will be in the fight this year for that championship. But for three of those teams to get, get beat by the Sun Belt guys, uh, boy, that doesn't, that doesn't sound too good for football over there in that Big 12. Yeah, what I mean, is, was there anything you saw? Did you see the football, the play of the game fall off because of all the, the waiting everybody's been doing? Or was it just college football to you? No, it was just college football. I thought all the teams played about like uh, they've been playing, you might could say. I guess Iowa State was most disappointing. But uh, anyway, Louisiana, I think that's that same team that uh, – is that the same team that beat Miami last year or was that another Louisiana? That was uh, La Tech. So everybody in Louisiana. Oh, okay. that was another one, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, uh, Coastal Carolina, they beat Kansas again. Yeah. So that was no upset. That's two years in a row they beat right. them. Uh, so anyway, uh, there, there's a lot of – yeah, there were some big plays, especially in that uh, Iowa State-Louisiana game uh, that, was, uh, that proved to be the winner uh, for Louisiana. You know, it, I was thinking about this watching the Florida State game. I was thinking, man, I bet you Steve wishes he could have gotten t- uh, 12 years of FSU at this level. <laughs> yeah, I think we lost uh, almost a third of our games were to FSU. I think we lost eight times in 12 years to those dudes. And uh, we only had – well, we had about 27 losses in 12 years. But anyway – yeah, in fact, when I was talking to Bobby Bowden, we did that podcast together about a month or so ago. I said, if we hadn't scheduled each other, uh, we might, uh, both of us would have had two or three more national championships, or at least we'd be playing for, for them, because they'd either knock us out or maybe getting in the game, and then we knocked them out a few times. And, and then fortunately, we got that rematch uh, to beat them in the Sugar Bowl after the 96 year. Steve, you've been through a lot as a, as a college football coach. You've seen you were uh, obviously nine eleven came up this week, and we all talked about our memories of that day. Uh, but have you ever seen anything like this where we're all we still don't know who's playing, who's not playing, uh, who's opting out, who's not opting out? Yeah, we've never had a pandemic like this since what nineteen eighteen. I guess there was the Spanish flu, right? Uh, 
created all kind of havoc. But I sort of like what we're we're trying to do. We're trying to play and trying to be as safe as possible. And most all the players are really doing a good job of staying away from crowds and trying to stay safe. And if we can if we can keep most all the players. Uh, safe, I think we got a chance to, to finish the year, and that's what we need to do. We need to uh, finish a short year of some kind. I, I don't believe you can play football January, February. Uh, I don't know why the Big Ten was even thinking about having games at that time of year. That's basketball season. There's a season for everything, and that's basketball and all the other sports, women basketball and this, that, and the other. So we need to get through it the best way we can. Players have got to really be diligent. Those that get uh, get tested and are positive and they were careless, uh, I mean, that, that, they may be dismissed from the team for that. But I know sometimes you can catch it just from a friend that you didn't know the friend had it. So it's uh, it, it, it's going to be sort of touchy. Hopefully there's not a big outbreak on any of the teams. And if there's not, I think we can finish this year out. You know, Coach, it's, it's kind of funny when you were um... – coaching at florida and uh you know you had that just that one interruption of a game but for the most part everything went smooth and now it feels like every year we have some yeah. kind of interruption i mean there were hurricanes and you know you, if you remember will muschamp had that one game where they played one play yeah that was the lightning storm that yeah. stayed over or something yeah uh yeah, we had that Hurricane Andrew that went through South Florida, but it didn't affect us. I think it affected uh, Denny Erickson's Miami team back in either 91 or 2, somewhere like that. Uh, but it only uh, I think they only missed uh, maybe a week or so uh, and so forth. So, yeah, we've been pretty fortunate. Uh, we were back in those days. We didn't, didn't have the hurricane games. I'm just wondering, Coach, how much you miss coaching now. I mean, you did it with the uh... – the other league and uh, tried that for uh, for a few games until that disbanded and you did a great job there won, won the championship but um, I mean how much do you miss uh, this time of year and, and being a coach yeah I, I miss the actual uh, on the sideline the ball game itself calling plays coaching the plays up during the week and all that and uh that alliance of American football, that was sort of perfect for my situation and, and really for a lot of older coaches. It's about a, a old four- to five-month job, and you got your team, and you're trying to beat the other guys. They're trying to beat you, and you're trying to win a championship. Uh, we had a good team down in Orlando. Garrett Gilbert, our quarterback, uh, led the conference in yardage passes and all that kind of stuff we were we were first in total offense our defense was pretty good also bob sanders you know is our coordinator i think we're third overall in the, in the alliance in defense and uh it was uh yeah it was fun to watch those guys play they uh they, they played well uh, we had very few turnovers the whole season and uh running backs we uh, Dearness Johnson actually uh, averaged about five and a half yards to carry. So it, that was fun to do, and then it folded up. We didn't have enough money to keep going, I guess. And uh, this uh, this XFL, it'll be interesting to see if they crank back up. Uh, if they crank back up and want me to coach one of those Florida teams, I, I would certainly look yeah. into it. Yeah. Well, give me somebody to root for, that's for sure. Um you know, I was thinking about I'm, re- I'm doing this story on how weird the Ole Miss Florida series is. Of course, the Gators opening uh-huh. up with Ole Miss, and I was I was looking up some numbers. You went four and zero against them, two and zero as a player and two and zero as a coach. Uh, anything stand out? Any, was there any great memory or any weird thing that happened? Yeah. 
I'm going to add two more to that. South Carolina, we beat Ole Miss both times. We only played them Six twice. And, yeah. So I, I'm undefeated against them. But Mississippi State, now here's something. Uh, uh, South Carolina, we were 4-0. And here at Florida, they beat us twice, Mississippi yeah. State. They, they got us twice. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think we beat them four times also. But, yeah, I didn't play them that much. And even uh, my junior year in college, we beat them something like 30 to 14 or 17. And that was back when nobody scores 30 points in the SEC. Uh, so we, we beat them in the swamp here. I remember I threw a long pass to Charlie Casey in that game. And uh, I believe that was a 65-year. So uh, yeah, we need to keep up our streak on Ole Miss. Yeah, that that I remember the game that you played them out there in Oxford, and you were upset with some of the officials' calls, but you it really wasn't. It was a pretty easy win for you. Uh, we played. Did we play Ole Miss here in uh, 90, 93, or, I think was here, and four was there. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. But it's right, right. Seems like we played them um, in '95 uh, or '6, and uh, and we only beat them 28 to 10. And yeah, uh, Tommy that's Tuberville, right. Tommy Tuberville was their coach, and he was happy. He yeah. he, he was happy. We only beat them 28 to 10. They uh, they they ran the ball. They we we couldn't get on the field against them. They did a good job of making a bunch of first downs, letting the clock run, and so forth. Uh, but that that was interesting. We won twenty eight to ten, and the other coach felt pretty good about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he I remember yeah. that after the game, he said our goal was not to get blown out. Yeah, yep, that was uh, that was interesting. But uh, our guys, they they could score points, and they they love they love playing the game. Uh, Danny Ike, Redell, Crazy, Doring, Travis McGriff, all those guys, man, they they come to play, and it, it was fun watching them. Uh, and then, of course, our running backs, too. Sometimes we forget about Eric yeah. Grant leading Russia in school history. Fred Taylor, Terry Jackson, Ernest Graham, all those guys. They were they were really good players. Steve, uh, before I let you go, and I do want to talk about the, the restaurant, but also the passing of Aubrey Hill a couple of weeks ago. That had, that had to be a, a hard blow for you. I know it was hard for me because he was, was such a great guy. That was really, really hurt, didn't it? Yeah, you can put Aubrey in that list of some of our all-time uh, outstanding receivers also. Yeah, Aubrey's just a wonderful guy. I think voted captain by his teammates that 94 season. Uh, he had a lot of big plays. I think the double pass from Doring to Aubrey to help us really beat uh, Alabama 24-23 mm-hmm. in that uh, 1994 SEC championship game. That was maybe the one of his biggest plays, but he had a bunch of others now. He, uh, he was the first guy, Pat, that we put in there as a tight end. Mm-hmm. I remember we are out there getting ready for a game, and I said, Aubrey, well, you're going to play tight end this week. He looked at me sort of funny, and I said, no, no, you're, you're just flexed out a little bit. You don't have to block those big guys. And uh, so he could run those seam routes and the corners routes and everything, and he was he was really good in there. And that was sort of the start of the four wide receivers, you know, a lot of teams would have three wide receivers, but four? Well, man, that's really getting wide open. <laughs> and now, of course, nowadays everybody pretty much plays with those four wide receivers at least half the game. 
Uh, before yeah, before I let you go, I know that uh, you've had to wait a little bit on the restaurant opening up. Uh, it's going to open up in May, I think, right? Or well, we're shooting for March. March. We're shooting for March. Yeah, we're all certainly hoping and praying that the pandemic will be under control by the end of this year, and we can get back to some normalcy of life uh, in 2021. But uh, yeah, Celebration Point. We got a wonderful location out there. Uh, Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. We had a bunch of people come in for interviews. We're in the process of hiring our crew. Uh, Drew Johnston is uh, our manager of the place. He he was with several Outback restaurants for uh, many years. So we uh, we got good uh, organization, and uh, we're looking forward to getting that thing open. Well, I think there's a lot of us looking forward to going out there too and seeing that museum that they're going to build. Um, yeah, we have that, and uh, I'm looking forward to the rooftop bar. Yeah. Uh, they're going to call it Visors. I think Freddie Weeby had that idea. We'll call it Visors Rooftop Bar, and uh, hopefully it won't be too hot up there some days, and uh, you can almost see, I think, Century Tower from the top of it. So that would be a nice place to sit around and, and watch some football on the TV screens up there. Steve Spurrier, the head ambassador now and of course one of the greatest coaches to ever coach in the game and a legend at the University of Florida. Uh, We thank you for being on. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. Not next week, but the following week. And again, thanks to Steve Spurrier for coming on. The following week, we will go to two a week. Now, that'll be the the week after the opening game. And I've had some people text me going, man, life is good. Two duly noted podcasts a week. Now, you're not the one doing them. No, I'm just kidding. But we'll do one on Tuesdays after the game, after the Florida uh, Ole Miss game. And then Thursday, we'll do another one previewing what's coming up around the SEC and all over the country, whoever's playing. Now, what we don't know is whether the Big Ten will be playing. As you listen to this podcast, you may have an answer. We have heard conflicting reports that there's going to be a vote tonight. Some people are saying that they are going to vote it down, getting right back into it, that they're going to vote for, again, going back to Thanksgiving start somewhere around there. Some people are saying that they are going to play they're try, going to try to crank it up in, in three weeks. And if they do that, they I cannot think they will do that without having talked to the college football committee and the other Power Five conferences about getting into the mix, maybe playing eight games. And, and mathematically, it does work out. You might have to push the season back a week, the playoffs. But mathematically, it does work out um, because – at that point, say the SEC's only played two games and you're only going to play eight, you're fine. Now, how will they judge that if that's the case? I'm not even going to get into it because, and we'll get into it next week. We'll find out what they do, but until they announce it, like uh, I think it was Rick Neuheisel, I give him credit for this. He doesn't call it the Big Ten, he calls it the Big Win. When are we going to know what you're doing? The PR nightmare is unbelievable. Meanwhile, the the Pac-12 is like we can't start playing now. We we we've got and they do. They have more 
problems than anybody any other area of the country. You know, whether it's Arizona, California, there was another other issues, and they're dealing with fires and bad air quality. But again, I I, I think we've shown, and it's been shown for a couple of weeks in college football, and shown this week in the NFL. Playing isn't the problem. Playing isn't the issue. The issue is, you know, how many fans do you let in? Can you socially distance them? Um, and can you play without them? Look, do you think the NFL is playing without fans and they're, they're going to take a big money hit? No. Yeah, they're gonna, not going to make as much as they used to. They usually do. But they're going to make plenty of money. I don't know when the big win is going to decide. I, I guess it's supposed to be tonight, Tuesday night, uh, and whatever they do, they do. But it'll it'll be interesting. And, and that was a funny thing voting on the AP top twenty-five. I had a hard time with it. I mean, it was hard to put teams. I was putting teams in there who haven't played a game, and I don't know if they're any good. <laughs> and I was like, I still didn't vote for Tennessee. I, I, Tennessee's got to win at least one game against somebody any good. And I'm not saying their first game's against anybody any good. South Carolina. But still, if they beat South Carolina, I will put them in the poll. But now, here's the funny thing. What if they make an announcement tonight and say, we're going to start playing, we're going to be part of the playoff, we're going to push that back another week, maybe even two weeks, and we're going to be part of the playoff, now you can start. You have to start ranking Ohio State. Do I go back? My preseason poll was Ohio State number one. I still think they're the best team in the country. I've seen Clemson play now. I still haven't seen Alabama. What do I do with my poll? <laughs> it's it's a dilemma. I'm telling you, keeps me awake at nights. It shouldn't though. However, um, obviously a big weekend for the Gators that play in the NFL. Uh, so happy for C.J. Henderson. Marcus May had a huge game. Brian Poole, Janoris Jenkins, as we call him, Mulva. It's a Seinfeld reference that my friend Dave Salter always delivers. Um, they, I mean, it just looked like DBU in the first place. And then you have some other guys. You know, Van Jefferson had a nice day. So Florida players did really well in the pros. That's always good to see. You, you root. There's some guys you don't care that much about, but there's some guys you really root for, and most of those guys are among them that I uh, I do really root for. And now we got the whole NIL thing, the name, image, and license, likeness thing in Congress on Tuesday, and you know it's it's almost like watching national uh, talk radio. You what what do you call it? Talk TV. Like all these shows now are on TV. They're not just radio. They're on TV. So talk TV. When they start talking about college football, I just kind of look the other way. I don't want to hear what they have to say. They don't know the game. They don't follow the game. They don't understand the game. They just shoot up from the hip on it. And I think that's what you have in Congress where they're all, well, what if, why do the college players already are getting paid, aren't they? You know, forget about it. They, but they've got to come up with a decision. They got to figure out what to do about it. And I don't. I like I've said before. I don't know what the right answer is on that. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not smart enough to figure it out. I, I get that the players feel exploited. I certainly understand that. I also get that they have 
an opportunity being a college athlete to get a college education at a school many of them would not get into and and to be taken care of and to have all their insurance paid for and clothes and tutors and all that stuff and i think it's worth something it's not like it's not worth anything yes they're there because they're good they're there because they're great athletes i get all that i get it but and and i'm not saying you shouldn't be able to to benefit off your name image and likeness because the school's doing it but i just don't know where the balance is it's a problem i deal with every day mentally you see where it's going on inside my brain it's not good all right real quick we'll talk about the nfl the brady or belichick who's going to win more games you may change your mind now that one of them's one and oh one of them's oh and one uh, Brady looked like he wouldn't like, – there's something in the water down there, man. He throws seven picks all last year, throws two in the first game, and they were bad picks. Of course, one of them was a pick six for Mulva Jenkins. Got that one. And then, meanwhile, Fournette says, I never had a quarterback. It's good that I finally have a quarterback. Of course, he's no factor in the game, not surprisingly. And meanwhile, the quarterback he left behind threw one incompletion in a win. Now, I'm not a, you know me, I'm not a Jaguars fan, but I want them to win just enough games so they don't get Trevor Lawrence because um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want Trevor Lawrence to go to Jacksonville. There's something about it that I don't like, and I can't explain it. Anyway, this weekend, this Saturday, not a great schedule again, guys. This is what we're dealing with. Really, the best games are probably South Florida at Notre Dame. Shouldn't be a good game. But I was not impressed with Notre Dame. UCF at Georgia Tech, I'm looking forward. There's one game I'm looking forward to. You know, I want to see what UCF's got. Georgia Tech somehow won that game despite doing everything wrong against FSU. And then Miami at Louisville might be a good game too. But other than that, there's not much. So I'm not going to sit and watch 12 hours of football. I promise. It really, the college football season has started, started last week. If you want to argue with me, it started in week zero. But I'm telling you, it starts the next week. Because that's when the SEC starts playing. And who knows if that's when the Big Ten is getting ready to start playing. Then we'll know. All right. It is time for three things. It's time for three things. Let's start off with the uh, number one thing will be on my mind this week that will not be college football, believe it or not. It'll be the U.S. Open. I love the U.S. Open. The rough is so deep. How deep is it? The rough is so deep. I mean, they, they, they measured it out as at a full foot in some spots. A foot of rough. Um, that would eliminate Phil Mickelson doesn't even need to show up. Now, he's obviously got bad memories anyway. The blown uh, U.S. Open at Wingfoot that hurt me. I, I, was, I am still. I love Phil Mickelson. I loved him then. And him blowing that was just devastating. I, I was beside myself. Um, all you had to do was hit five iron off the tee. You went v- Vanderbilt on him. Uh, but, you know, 
So forget Mickelson and forget Tiger. Tiger can't hit it straight enough. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating open with with that rough and that how how hard that course is, and to have it in September. Thank you very much. I know there won't be any fans there, and that won't be the same. But this weekend, which normally would be a big college football weekend, it's not a big college football weekend. It is a college football weekend. There are NFL games. All that, you know. Thanks so. Thanks for this. Is what all we're asking for is distractions. Things that'll get us going. Things that'll give us a chance to watch. Uh, number two on three things, Billy Donovan. Where will he end up? It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I know that, first of all, it is an absolute insult to suggest that he ta- he comes back to Florida. It's an insult to Mike White. Mike White's doing a great job. I know you you didn't like the way this last season went. I didn't either. Nobody did. It just was a, a year where it just didn't mesh. Okay, but he's still doing a great job in recruiting. Players like playing for him. They've uh, they would have been the NCAA tournament again for four straight years. Uh, you know, look, Billy is Billy. I love Billy Donovan like a brother, and we talk all the time. Um, I was devastated that it didn't work out there at Oklahoma City, and they had to mm-hmm. let him go. But he's going to stay in the N- NBA. Question is, where does he end up? Does he go to Philly? You know, I don't think Billy would take over a team that wasn't good. I don't think that's his modus operandi. He's going to go somewhere where they can win right away. And Philly would seem to be um, a good opportunity for him. You know, D'Antoni may may be in the mix there as well. We'll see where it ends up. But I'll be fascinated to see where Billy goes because, you know, I'm not a big NBA fan. I don't watch a lot of NBA basketball until they get to the playoffs which it feels like this year has been nothing but playoffs. But the other thing is, um, that'll be my favorite team. I got to I got to do that. Now, I don't know where he'll end up, but I may have to buy a shirt. I've got it. Believe me, I have a Thunder shirt, and I don't know if I'm going to burn it or not, but I, it's, it's not going to be worn. <laughs> I can tell you that. By the way, I'm wearing my Seahawks shirt today. I bought in on the Seahawks for some reason. I can't even explain why. I've been a Seahawks closet fan for a long time. I like Pete Carroll. I like uh, the way they act like a, a, a college crowd. I like their colors. I like Seattle. But I've never really bought in. I'm buying in. Bought a T-shirt. Bought a pair of sweatpants. I'm all in on the. And we had a good. We had a good opening week too. Although it was hard to root against Dan Quinn. Not finally, number three, uh, my friend Jason Cole's written a book about John Elway. Really good book. I've only read parts of it so far. It's really interesting uh, behind-the-scenes look at him as a player and as a general manager, of course. There's a chapter in there about Tim Tebow you're not going to like, but it's pretty – from everything I've ever heard, it's pretty accurate uh, about Tebow's inability to read defenses and how what a struggle it was. And uh, – I, I'm a big believer in this. I be, I still think if Tebow was a third-round pick and had trained like he was Rocky in Rocky Four and just gone out into the woods and chopped down trees and pushed cars and stuff and didn't worry about his throwing motion, I think he'd still be in the NFL. I think he'd had a, had a chance as a backup quarterback. The problem was it was first-round pick. Everybody wants him to be the starter. He becomes a starter. 
he has success, wins and losses, but not really success and being good. He had changed his motion and totally had too much going through his head. I just think the NFL overwhelmed Tim Tebow, who's not a guy who's easy to overwhelm. That's my theory on it. But the bottom line is don't nobody cry a tear for Tim Tebow. He's doing great and doing great things, and I still love the guy to death. But I, I, it would have been great if he'd been like a third-round pick, went somewhere as a backup like Green Bay or something. Nobody, Everybody barely notices him, and he gets to refine his abilities. That's my theory on it, and I'm sticking to it. All right, that's going to do it for our podcast today. Hope you guys enjoyed it again. Next week we'll be back with another one, and then the following week, two for the price of one, which is zero, right? Unless you pay, you have to pay a subscription. But we'll um, – the week of September 26th would be the home game, so whatever, 28th, right around there. That week we'll, we'll start doing two a week. So those of you who like the podcast are excited. Those of you who don't like the podcast aren't listening anyway. So what difference does it make? Until next time, I am Pat Dooley, sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun. I am deep, I am way back, and I am out of here. Mm-hmm.